Preface In a world that often seems adrift, lacking moral and ethical anchors, I turn to the foundational truths of my Christian faith. One of those truths is the concept of justice, a divine attribute that calls us to action. This article is not a sermon or an attempt to preach, rather, it's a sharing of my own explorations into what it means to stand for justice as a follower of Christ. It's an invitation to join me in considering how our faith can guide us in navigating the complexities of justice in today's world. I hope this article serves as a starting point for meaningful dialogue and personal reflection on how we can live out our faith authentically, advocating for justice while walking humbly with our God. Callista the imperative for Christians to stand for justice. Injustice is not a modern invention, it's as old as humanity. The struggle for justice has been a constant theme from the earliest biblical accounts to the headlines that flash across our screens today. It's a struggle that Christians cannot afford to ignore, for the God we serve is a God of justice. The Bible tells us that He loves righteousness and justice, the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord, Psalm 33 5. This divine attribute is not a passive quality, it's an active force that compels us to engage with the world around us. When we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we see a Savior who did not shy away from confronting injustice. Whether he was overturning the tables of money changers exploiting the faithful or defending a woman caught in adultery, Jesus demonstrated that justice is not an abstract concept but a lived reality. He didn't just talk about justice, he lived it. And if we are to be his followers, we must do the same. This is not a call for Christians to become embroiled in every social or political issue of the day. Instead, it's a call to discernment, to prayerfully consider where God is leading us to take a stand. The Apostle James warns us that faith without works is dead, James 2:26. Our faith comes alive when it is put into action, and one of the most potent ways to activate our faith is by standing for justice. But what does it mean to stand for justice in a world with a skewed understanding of the term? The world's view of justice is often retributive, focused on punishment and vengeance. Yet, the justice of God is restorative, aimed at bringing healing, reconciliation, and wholeness. It's a justice deeply rooted in love, for God is love, 1 John 4 8. Therefore, our pursuit of justice must reflect that love. This love seeks the highest good for all people, not just those who look, think, or worship like us. Understanding this, we must also recognize that standing for justice is not a one-time event but a lifelong commitment. It's not something we can check off a list, it's a continual process of aligning our hearts, minds, and actions with the will of God. It's about being attuned to the Holy Spirit's leading, being willing to step out of our comfort zones, and being prepared to face opposition. The path of justice is often fraught with challenges, but it's a path we must walk to be true ambassadors of Christ. In the following sections, we'll explore the biblical foundations that underpin this call to justice, the importance of humility and self-examination in our pursuit, and the practical ways we can advocate for justice in our communities and beyond. The Biblical Foundations of Justice the Bible is not silent on the issue of justice, instead, it is a recurring theme that weaves its way through the tapestry of Scripture. From the laws given to Moses to the teachings of the prophets and the apostles, the call to justice is both explicit and implicit. But perhaps nowhere is this call more evident than in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the embodiment of God's love and justice, consistently challenged his time's religious and social norms. He healed on the Sabbath, dined with tax collectors and sinners, and spoke to women in public, actions that were considered radical and even scandalous. 
But in doing so, Jesus was making a profound statement, that the kingdom of God is inclusive, a kingdom where justice reigns. The Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus' most famous teachings, provides a blueprint for a life committed to justice. In it, Jesus blesses the poor in spirit, the mourners, the meek, and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He calls his followers to be peacemakers and to love their enemies. These are not mere platitudes but revolutionary principles that turn the world's understanding of justice upside down. The Apostle Paul, too, advocated for justice, though his approach differed from that of Jesus. Paul focused on the legalistic aspects of justice, often writing to churches to settle disputes and correct wrongdoings. In his letter to the Romans, Paul outlines the concept of justification by faith, a form of divine justice that levels the playing field, declaring that all have sinned, but all can be justified freely by God's grace. The Old Testament prophets were also vocal advocates for justice. Amos, for instance, declared, But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Amos 5:24. Micah succinctly captured God's requirements for his people, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God, Micah 6 8. The Bible's message is clear, justice is not optional for those who follow Christ. It is a divine mandate, deeply rooted in God's character and reflected in his interactions with humanity. Therefore, as we seek to live out our faith, we must prioritize the pursuit of justice, not as a social or political agenda but as a spiritual imperative. The Need for Humility and Self-Examination In the quest for justice, it's easy to become so focused on the external wrongs that we neglect to examine our own hearts. The Bible warns us against this kind of hypocrisy. Jesus cautioned against noticing the speck in our brother's eye while ignoring the plank in our own, Matthew 7 3-5. This is not to say that we should be paralyzed by introspection, but rather that a balanced approach to justice begins with self-examination. Humility is the cornerstone of this self-examination. The Bible tells us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, James 4 6. Humility allows us to recognize our limitations and shortcomings, making us more compassionate and understanding in our interactions with others. It's a posture acknowledging we are not the ultimate arbiters of justice, God is. This humility should lead us to a place of repentance and transformation. The Apostle Paul, who once persecuted Christians before his dramatic conversion, understood this well. In his letters, he often spoke of the transformative power of Christ that enabled him to advocate for justice and equality among believers, breaking down cultural and social barriers that had long divided people. But humility and self-examination are not ends in themselves, they are means to a greater end, becoming more like Christ. The Apostle Peter encourages believers to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3:18. This growth involves shedding old prejudices and biases that hinder us from fully embracing God's call to justice. It involves listening, really listening, to the experiences and perspectives of others, especially those who have been marginalized or oppressed. Moreover, humility and self-examination should lead to actionable steps. It's not enough to acknowledge our biases, we must actively work to correct them. This might involve educating ourselves, engaging in difficult conversations, or using our resources to support causes that align with God's heart for justice. It's a proactive stance that moves beyond mere acknowledgement to meaningful action. In pursuing justice, humility and self-examination serve as the checks and balances that align us with God's will. 
They prevent us from becoming self-righteous crusaders and instead mold us into compassionate advocates, ever mindful of our own need for God's grace and mercy. Advocacy through spirit-empowered words. In a world where the volume of the conversation often drowns out its substance, Christians are uniquely positioned to bring a different kind of advocacy to the table. The Apostle Paul reminds us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against spiritual forces of evil, Ephesians 6:12. This understanding should fundamentally change how we approach advocacy, shifting our focus from mere human effort to spirit-empowered action. The Bible is replete with examples of individuals who, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke words that had a profound impact. Think of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, whose spirit-filled speech before the Sanhedrin left his audience speechless, Acts 7. Or consider Esther, who risked her life to advocate for her people, relying on divine wisdom to navigate a perilous political landscape. These were not acts of human bravery or eloquence but manifestations of spirit-empowered advocacy. The Apostle Peter provides valuable guidance on this front. In his first epistle, he advises believers to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope within them but to do so with gentleness and respect, 1 Peter 3:15. This is not a call to water down the message of justice or to compromise on biblical principles. Instead, it's an appeal to communicate these truths in a manner that reflects the character of Christ. This kind of advocacy is not passive, it's intensely active but in a way that is fundamentally different from the world's methods. It doesn't rely on shouting matches or divisive rhetoric. Instead, it employs the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, Galatians 5:22-23, as its primary tools for change. These are not merely nice virtues to have, they are powerful agents of transformation. Spirit-empowered words can break down barriers, convict hearts, and bring about real change. But for our words to be spirit-empowered, our lives must be spirit-filled. This means daily surrendering to God, spending time in His Word and in prayer, and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our actions and speech. It's a holistic approach to advocacy that recognizes the interconnectedness of our words and our walk. Spirit-empowered advocacy offers a compelling alternative in a world that often equates loudness with effectiveness. It challenges us to speak not just with our mouths but with our lives, offering a model of justice that is not just heard but felt, not just a rallying cry but a lived experience. A prayer for justice and compassion. In the pursuit of justice, prayer is not a passive or secondary act, it's foundational. The Bible tells us that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, James 5:16. Prayer aligns our hearts with God's heart, fine-tuning our spiritual senses to discern His will in complex situations. It's the starting point for any Christian endeavor, and justice advocacy is no exception. When we pray, we're not merely presenting a wish list to God but entering into a divine partnership. We're acknowledging our limitations and tapping into His limitless power. This is why the Apostle Paul encourages us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, Ephesians 6:18. Our prayers for justice should be as varied and comprehensive as the issue itself, covering not just the victims but also the perpetrators, not just the situation but also the systemic factors that contribute to it. Prayer also serves as a protective shield, guarding our hearts from bitterness, anger, and disillusionment. Advocacy can be draining, both emotionally and spiritually. Without a robust prayer life, we risk becoming cynical or burned out. But prayer refreshes us, renewing our strength and resolve. 
It reminds us that we're not alone in this fight, God is with us, and His justice will ultimately prevail. In prayer, we also find the compassion that should accompany our quest for justice. Compassion is not a softening of justice but a deepening of it. It's the ability to see people not just as categories or causes but as individuals made in the image of God. This compassion extends even to those we might consider enemies. Jesus instructs us to pray for those who persecute us, Matthew 5:44, a radical act that humanizes the other and guards against dehumanization in ourselves. So let us pray. Lord, renew in us your passion for justice, paired with your heart of compassion. Where we see injustice, oppression, and exploitation, grant us the courage to respond as your hands and feet. Make us instruments of your righteous justice, wrapped in the love that compelled Christ to lay down his life for us all. Help us correct oppressors with grace and lift up the oppressed with hope. In this prayer, we're not just asking for God's intervention, we're offering ourselves as vessels through which His justice and compassion can flow. It's a prayer that prepares us for action, equipping us to advocate effectively in a world that desperately needs to experience God's justice and love. Conclusion, A Call to Action for Believers The call to justice is not a peripheral aspect of the Christian faith, it's central to our identity as followers of Christ. We serve a God who is deeply concerned with the well-being of His creation, a God who defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing, Deuteronomy 10:18. If we are to be His representatives on earth, we must share in this concern, not as a matter of social or political expediency, but as a fundamental expression of our faith. This call to action is not a burden but a privilege. It's an opportunity to participate in God's redemptive work, to be co-laborers in a divine mission that has eternal significance. The Apostle Paul describes believers as God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2:10. These good works include standing up for justice, advocating for the marginalized, and being a voice for the voiceless. Yet, this advocacy must be rooted in a relationship with Christ. It's not about earning God's favor or proving our righteousness, it's about responding to the grace we've already received. The Apostle John reminds us that we love because he first loved us, 1 John 4:19. Our advocacy for justice is an outpouring of this love, a tangible expression of the gospel message. But let's be clear, this is not a call to comfortable Christianity. It's a call to sacrificial living, to taking up our cross daily and following Christ, wherever that may lead. It may lead to difficult conversations, challenging environments, or even dangerous situations. But it will also lead us into a deeper relationship with God, a greater appreciation for His grace, and a more profound impact on our world. Friends, the stakes are high, and the need is urgent. We are called to be salt and light in a decaying and dark world. Let us rise to this challenge, fortified by the Word of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and motivated by the love of Christ. May we be beacons of light that cut through the darkness of injustice, pointing the way to the ultimate source of justice, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.